it, you know, it's a lot more prevalent than people think. Um, one in 10 people will actually suffer a seizure at some point in their life. And one in 26 will actually get diagnosed with epilepsy. So it's, it's a lot more common than people realize. Hi there. Welcome to the Connecting KC podcast. I'm Rachel Kilmer, also known as Rach the Realtor on the internet, where I love, well, connecting all things KC. I'm a metro area real estate agent, retired sports reporter, and mom, and probably too old to call myself a TikToker, but honestly, that's how we got here. You can learn more at www.rachetherealtorkc.com. But this show is all about introducing you to all of the movers and shakers, interesting people, heartfelt stories, and funny quirks that make this vibrant community home. So let's get right to it with today's episode of Connecting KC. Today, I am joined by Holly Brady to talk about a very special cause. Holly is the president of the Purple Peace Foundation. It's based out of the Kansas City metro area. She holds a master's of education and spent 16 years teaching elementary school. She's married to her husband, Mark, and has three daughters, Hillary, Amanda, and Abby. In 2011, Amanda Brady died suddenly and unexpectedly from a seizure. And Holly and Mark then founded the foundation in the following months to connect with families living with epilepsy and spread awareness about epilepsy to others. This is the sixth year of the Purple Peace Foundation has been involved in the Epilepsy Awareness Day at Disneyland Expo, and they are so proud to have sponsored eight families from the Midwest to be able to attend this year. That is so awesome. Holly, thank you for being here. I really appreciate you taking the time. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes. So you guys have all kinds of things going on with your foundation, and we will get to that. But first, let's talk broad strokes for people that aren't familiar with epilepsy um, and kind of the the families that you're dealing with here. What okay. is epilepsy? What is the prevalence of it? That kind of thing. Okay. And epilepsy is also known as a seizure disorder. And usually when someone has at least two or more unprovoked seizures, they are typically diagnosed with a seizure disorder or epilepsy. Um, in some cases, it's controlled by medication. Uh, some cases, there are uh, special diets that you can do that that help control uh, the seizures. And in some cases, they can't, they aren't controlled, and and patients struggle to ever find a, a something that works to help control those. So, I mean, it's a wide variety of different types of seizures and um you know no no two cases are necessarily the same so there's a lot of confusion and misunderstanding it takes a long time to get a diagnosis sometimes um and it, you know it's a lot more prevalent than people think um one in 10 people will actually suffer a seizure at some point in their life and one in 26 will actually get diagnosed with epilepsy that it's it's a lot more common than people realize. Yeah, I had no idea. Is there an age range that it's more prevalent for? It, it usually is more prevalent with children or with um, older adults, but it can happen at any age. And just, you know, I mean, sometimes people in their 30s all of a sudden start having seizures and have never had them in the past as well as older adults that that sometimes start having them 
um, as they, you know, get up in years. So. And like, how much do, do we like as a medical community in our country know about it? Like, do we know what causes it or yeah. is it still? No. Okay. It, wow. Yeah, it is. It is very, there are so many unknowns and they're making lots and lots of progress. And there's a lot of groups out there that are helping with, you know, different research and, and studies that can be done. But the brain is still a mystery. It is one of the oldest um, dis dis disorders in history and dates back to, I mean, I don't even know, early, early, early times. It's one of the oldest recorded medical disorders. But there's still so much unknown in, in dealing with the brain that there there's a lot of questions still. The tell me about the origins of your story and tell me about Amanda and uh, how you guys are still kind of honoring her to this day with the foundation. Amanda was um, born in 1997. Um, so she would be turning 26 this year, this fall. Wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's really um, it, it's it's you think of all the what ifs and and what could have been and, and see all of her friends growing up and being young adults right now. It's, it's fun to see that, but it's also kind of bittersweet too. And knowing that she's not experiencing that. Um, she was diagnosed with epilepsy when she was about two years old. She started having seizures when she was about 10 months old and kind of went through that year, year and a half period of trying to figure out what was causing them. Never did find out. Um, doing different tests and then finally having to put her on medication um, to to try to control those. Um, so, you know, she, she had uh, seizures growing up. She never had them regularly. Uh, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't one of these kids that has a seizure daily or had, you know, they, that they were predictable. They just kind of were random and happened whenever. Um, she was on medications, d a few different ones, and those controlled her a lot of the time. Um, when she was in kindergarten, I guess, she had stopped. She hadn't had a seizure in a long time. We went about 18 months without having a seizure, so we took her off of some of the medications with the doctors uh, working with her, and then about six months after we had taken her off, she started having seizures again in first grade. So we were back on the medication, back through going through the testing, the EEGs with the doctors. And, um, you know, we would, we tried different medications. We would get control for a while and then she'd go through a growth spurt or something, you know, and so then we'd have to make adjustments and, and get those medications kind of, reeled in a little differently um but you know she was we were going through um we did a couple of tests at times when she was about 10 we stayed in the hospital for a week and had they did constant eeg monitoring of our brain activity to see if she would be eligible for um a brain surgery that would go in if they could locate the specific place the the seizure started then they could go in and and do surgery on that spot to try to stop the seizures but she was not didn't end up being a candidate for that 
So, you know, back to the medications and doing different things. Um, and then she was, she was 13 and the summer, she passed away September 22nd of 2011. And that summer she had started having a few more seizures. We had been in touch with the doctor several times, you know, trying to increase medications or do adding a new medication. And, um, she was home from school. It was a Tuesday morning. She was home from school and was taking a nap on the couch and uh, had a, a seizure that was pretty severe. And we could, we, my husband and I were both home and were there when she had it. We could just tell something was different when she started having that seizure. And in about a minute of the seizure starting, she stopped breathing. And so called 911 and my husband started CPR. Um, you know, we went through the whole process. They got her to the hospital, but she had suffered, um, you know, a loss of oxygen to the brain for a long time before they were able to get uh, her breathing again. And so she ended up, you know, passing a couple of days after that. Um, from the from the epilepsy uh my husband sat down with the doctor while we were in the hospital and had a conversation with him about you know why what was different what caused this how did she you know what why did she die this time and that was the first time we ever heard the word SUDEP which stands for sudden unexplained death in epilepsy and and he said that you know, most likely that was the case that she was, it was a probable SUDEP. It didn't happen immediately because we were right there and we did everything we could to, um, you know, prevent that or, or, or keep her, uh, living. But, you know, he said there, we did everything and there was nothing more that could have happened. So he, he considered that a pro a probable SUDEP uh death and that was when we first you know we first learned about it um, they say that there are 50,000 people that die from epilepsy each year um I feel like I've met at least half of those <laughs> yeah going through this you know they say it's rare and I, I keep saying for as rare as it is I sure meet a lot of people that have the same experience but one of the biggest things that happened when when we lost Amanda were so many people that came to me and said, I never knew you could die from a seizure. And that that was a big surprise. And I, you know, I guess my response was I knew it could happen, but I just never thought the likelihood of it was anything that I was that concerned of. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I knew it was a possibility, but if you have to go in and have your appendix taken out, they tell you all the things that could happen, but they don't usually. So that was kind of the likelihood of how I expected, you know, that, that I did, that's kind of how I thought about it, that yes, it could happen, but it's not going to. And um, so I, I didn't realize that, SUDEP could happen, that it could be a sudden thing that go that 
takes someone's life or, you know, I knew injuries could happen. I knew, you know, those kinds of things, but, but yeah, so it was, it was a new learning process after that and wanting to be able to educate and, and let other people know. Yeah. I mean, that is so wild after the amount of time that you guys had spent with doctors throughout her life and, and working on this and trying that you just at that point heard that phrase. So SUDEP stands for sudden unexplained. Say, say what it means again. Sudden unexplained death in epilepsy. Okay. And that is a big part of your mission as a foundation, right? Is to make sure that people know about this and aren't sitting in a hospital room hearing that for the first time, right? Correct. Correct. And how do you go about those conversations with families that, you know, are, are living with an epileptic loved one? Yes, it, it is hard. It is hard. And that's what I, you know, I always tell people, this is our story, but it's not every person that has epilepsy story. And, but knowing that it can happen and, and there are a few things, you know, sometimes there's nothing that you can do and you're, it's not in your control, but there are things that you can do to help prevent and being aware of those risks and, you know, knowledge is power. You you hear that? And that's, that's exactly true. Knowing what can happen and being educated about it the best you can, can, can help. I mean, so, you know, understanding that taking your medicine, you know, your medication every day at the same time and being consistent about that, um, that's a huge, huge thing. Um, I've heard more than once of like teenagers, teenagers it, being a teen is hard anyway and you know these teens that don't want all their friends to know they have epilepsy or that they have seizures um and especially like if once someone goes off to college and if they're not consistent about taking that medication they're putting themselves at more and more risk and i i personally have met families that have lost their children um college age children that way because you know it was just they didn't know and they didn't realize how important taking that medication was um and that's just you know that's just one thing that you can help but you know understanding and knowing if you have certain triggers that cause your you know provoke your seizures um for amanda she was photosensitive not everyone with epilepsy is but flashing lights would trigger her seizures and even a ceiling fan could trigger her seizures just that that motion and the way that it affected the light in a room had caused her to have a seizure at times so you know understanding and knowing those risks is is very helpful yeah and it seems like you guys do a lot of just like community building around this, uh, you know, doing things like Disneyland and uh, talk to me about that kind of arm of what you guys' mission is just to like bring people that are living with this together. Sure. Um, we have in, I think it was in 2014, was probably the first year that we went out to Disneyland for their event. Um, we found out about it and they were having an expo so they invited us to come have a table to, so people could find out about our, our foundation. And we 
we just went out that year, just us. And we started the, the event started growing. It went from a half day expo for about three hours to now it's a two day full two days expo with doctors that come in and speak and every kind of seizure monitor and medical companies and all of these resources and things that set up and have information available all in one place. And for two days, that's all they do. All we do is be able to talk to families that are from all over the country that um, come to get, you know, find out about all the new devices or companies like our foundation that are out there just to support and be a network, um, you know, and a resource to them for different, uh, you know, different needs. <laughs> one funny story with one of the first years we were out there, we actually met two families that are from uh, Kansas, about two hours away from here. But here we went all the way to California and we met local families, um, you know, that are fairly local. And so we've stayed involved with them and they've been to some of our, our different events and things. So, you know, it's just fun to get to, to know people that are going through this and be able to build that connection with them to be able to have those resources. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it sounds like you guys have lots of fun, uh, fundraising opportunities coming up. Uh, tell me about what's, what's going on in the foundation. <laughs> we have a lot going on this fall. Um, our, our big event we have coming up is our first ever gala, and that is going to be held in uh, Shawnee, Kansas at the B&B &B Shawnee Theater. Um, B I think it's the Shawnee 18 is the name of the theater. Um, and we are actually hosting it in uh, MTKC Music Theater, Kansas City's uh, live theater inside of B&B Theater. So we're having our event there and um, we will have silent auctions and raffles and uh, just lots of fun. We are starting the evening with desserts and cocktails. So, you know, we would love for people to come out and join us and learn a little bit about our foundation. We're going to share uh, stories of some of the families and, and their journeys with epilepsy and be able to, um, you know, just be able to spread that, that awareness and understanding a little bit and then, you know, share more about our foundation and what we're doing and what our goals are here in Kansas city to raise awareness. Um, so, and then the evening ends with, we have, uh, it's called survey says it's like family feud style, uh, game show company coming in. And we'll have live stage set up for that. And we'll have people, you know, just people who are attending will have the opportunity to participate in that game. And, and we'll play a few rounds of surveys as though should be fun. That's super fun. I love that. I, I love when a, a gala does something like a little off the wall other than the typical. Like, so that'll be fun. Yeah. And get people involved. Love it. Well, that is so awesome. You guys clearly have lots going on. have seen lots of success already and much more sure to come. So uh, a couple more questions. First of all, for people that want to know more about the foundation, about you guys, about your story, where can they find you? We are on, um, our website is purplepeacefoundation.org. And then we are also on Facebook and Instagram. 
I'm not great at Instagram, but we are getting there. <laughs> there, you're there. It's Purple Peace Foundation app on both of those platforms as well. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Very good. Okay. Last question um, has nothing to do with anything other than it's something I ask everyone that comes on the show. And that is, what is a great meal that you've had in Kansas City recently? Oh, my goodness. Went out to eat and just it was amazing. And everyone needs to go try whatever dish at whatever restaurant. Well, this is local here in Blue Springs. I love Johnny's Tavern. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. Yes. Johnny's Tavern is one of our favorites that we go to. And we um I love their chicken pecan salad. <laughs> so really? okay, I've never thought to order a salad there before, but Yeah. Yeah, huh. they have a great chicken pecan salad. So Okay. I love it. I love it. I'll have to try that. This is selfishly just me trying to figure out what I'm gonna eat when I ask people that. So add it to my list. So <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Holly, thank you so much for being here and for all the work you're doing. I'm sure it has touched more lives than you guys even know at this point. So um, really appreciate your time and your vulnerability. And everyone go check out the Purple Peace Foundation and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.